During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by my two favorite dudes, the best gamers here on planet Earth, Paris Lilly and Gary Witta. Guys, I had a fun icebreaker question. I thought I was going to put it in there, but you know what? I'm throwing a curveball at you because Paris said right before we went live that maybe they should have delayed Halo <laughs> Infinite again after the first one. Paris, let's just talk about it. Let's break it down because it seems like the whole Halo community in the Twitter sphere that I follow is now catching up saying, man, what's up with Halo and where are we at ahead of season two in May? What's your thoughts on that? What's up with the delay idea? Yeah, so I, I had tweeted this earlier because I had been kind of thinking about it over it because kind of like you, I've been seeing people, you know, starting to have a lot of rumblings about Halo Infinite and the engagement and how they put it down and the season's been too long and all that. And and it really just took me back to when we reviewed Halo, and I was even saying it then during the review, it was like, as I'm playing the campaign, I thought co-op being delayed wouldn't be a big deal, but then I kind of realized that that it was, and I, I wish it was there. And then we're just seeing this extended season, and just the issues with the battle pass and progression, lack of maps, and you know, people, the engagement around the game has kind of really stalled. And it just made me think, okay, the game came out in December. Would it have really hurt if they delayed it until March? And season two still could have been ready co-op and all that still is ready in May or June or something like that. It just shortens the time between them getting us to new content and starting to get on a regular cadence with new content. Because for all intents and purposes, Halo Infinite is a live service game, both on multiplayer and on the campaign side. So just having this extended time where we're kind of standing still and we all agree the game is great the, the campaign was great the multiplayer was great but now there's this expectation of i need something new i need something new to do you know in you know in basically in this game in this world and we're not getting it right now so people are obviously starting to go to other things and play other games and when the new content does come back get here i should say will people come back I guess that's the bigger question right now, now that so much of the Halo community has kind of fallen off, staying regularly playing Halo Infinite, will they come back when we get new maps, new modes, new campaign content, as an example, things like that. So I don't know. And so to me, I, I think it probably would have been better to hold Halo Infinite until March or, or even April of this year versus putting it out in December. And the realistic, the, 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 
reality of all this is if they would have announced that and said that sure there would have been a few people upset early on just the reality of the world that we're in with the pandemic and just how hard development has been i think a lot of people would have been understanding with that especially if they knew they weren't going to have certain modes and certain features ready to go a few months after release and that's kind of where i am on it yeah i'm right there with you paris and it seems like there's a tide shifting over towards your feelings exactly from what i see around the gaming first of like I'm a little apprehensive. I'm a little worried, Paris, as we look to season two of where we are, right? People talk about the lack of communication and where we're at with the, you know, season update and where we're going to be in season two. Mm -hmm. My worry is maybe it's not enough maps. Maybe it's not enough content to draw me in. Is co-op alone enough to get me back into that halo rhythm like we were November and December, right? Because in all honesty, co-op, I'm going to probably play through the campaign once with friends. It's not like we're going to do it multiple times. And then I'm going to have to rely on multiplayer. And my biggest worry right now is here we are about month three, month four in some people's minds of, you know, from November of what are you going to bring? What are we bringing to the table? It's got to be more than two maps. In my mind, it's got to be more than four maps, right? I'm looking for a pretty large drop right now with how quiet it's been and how hard it's been to stay engaged with the content, right? And I think a big one is the battle pass. You know, the battle pass progression was very slow. Then all of a sudden it became very fast. And now we have a six month season and that battle pass for probably 90% of its players is filled up and done with, right? Mm -hmm. There's no incentive to keep doing this besides your weeklies here. And so I need to see something big from the battle pass really being something special. And then on the map side, I probably need three big team battle maps preferably five, you know, 4v4 arena maps is my dream situation here. I worry that I might not get that, and I don't know if it will suck me back in like it did back in December. And so I'm a little apprehensive. I I hope that 343 can really nail down the communication as we start to move towards May. But for me, I I have fallen out of Halo. I just can't do the same modes and uh, maps any longer right now. Gary, I know you're kind of our fringe Halo player. You were really into it at first. I'm sure you're not playing much of it now, but like what would really bring you in? Do you need a bunch of maps? Like you are the guy, Gary, of like what's going to entice you, just the casual Halo player here? It's interesting. As as I was listening to Paris um, speaking there, my my overriding feeling was the honeymoon's over, right? Right. That's kind of what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And there was a honeymoon, right? From the moment the game arrived, it was almost all good news. Like we were all so like, we were so enamored with it. And it was like, oh man, it was really worth, I'm so glad they delayed it. You know, this game is really, really popping off. And all of this, all of the stuff that we liked about it is all still like the mechanics of gunplay, all the sound, it, it just felt really meaty. It just, combat just felt viscerally good. Like they had all the key elements of it nailed down. Uh, it looked good, map designs were good. And there were there were some legitimate criticisms from the beginning. Like people started, were grumbling about the battle pass almost immediately, right? Because we could see where the, where they yep. had not gotten that quite right. But then they moved quickly to address some things. And there was a period there where I would say like 90, 90, 90 to 95% of the narrative coming out of Halo for the first few months was just all positive, right? People were loving that that multiplayer. And then the campaign dropped and people really enjoyed that too. The campaign was was a banger. Everyone liked that. But now it's interesting. Maybe Honeymoon is not such a bad analogy because it does kind of feel like a bit of a relationship, right? The first few months, 
you know, you, you, you know, yeah. your, your, your partner can do no wrong, right? You can't keep your hands off each other. Like we're constantly play, we're playing it all the time. I was thinking about Halo every minute of the day and playing it every opportunity I could get. It is like that first few months of a relationship, you know, where you're just like rabbits and you can't leave each other alone. And the other person is just so great and you're so enamored with them. But now maybe we're in that kind of phase with Halo where, you know, we're starting to share a bathroom and we're starting to kind of realize, you know, this other person has some irritating habits and maybe mm -hmm. they're not that great after all. And the bloom has come off the rose <laughs> a little bit, starting to starting to irritate each other. It's like, oh man, that, you know, this person I thought was great, like makes a really annoying chewing sound when they eat. And like this person started to piss me off more and more. And it's like, you know, it'll, it'll settle into something and you start to appreciate, you know, each other's imperfections and, and quirks and stuff like that. But that's, that kind of feels like, where we are now, like that honeymoon, that kind of, to some extent, like a false, you know, uh, love affair that we had in the first couple of months where everything was so great and it was hard to kind of pick too many flaws in Halo. Now that the novelty, the honeymoon period is over, we're really starting to kind of evaluate the game in the cold light of day. And there are still a lot, many things still to be addressed. As, as you say, there aren't enough maps. Um, the battle pass progression, I think, is something they're still trying to you know, it was like the porridge was too cold and it was too hot. And now we're right. trying to get, you know, they're, they're trying to find, um, you know, they're, they're just, just the right recipe to keep people um, interested. We're still waiting for co-op campaign. But to Mike's point, I think that's going to have a half-life, right? You'll play through it maybe one, you know, one, once or twice with a couple of different friends. The real longevity of this game is in the multiplayer. And I, I choose to be optimistic about it. I think that as time goes by, they will, they'll continue to add content. I think they'll they'll stabilize it and it'll get, you know, it'll continue to be a, a, a game that we enjoy playing. But it's it has been interesting to kind of after that initial high of everyone thinking, oh man, they really did it. This game is really good. And maybe our standards are low. We talked we talked a few times about how just shipping a big multiplayer online game that just works out of the gate. Like that, even that is like you're halfway home already because so many games don't even manage to do that. And they did that. And it looked good. It felt good. It was fun to play. We we're all having a blast. Like I said, I was playing it every minute of the day. But, you know, that's not sustainable, especially when all the flaws and imperfections, you know, the more you play, the more you start to realize what those irritating habits that the game might have are. And now we are where we are, where we are kind of seeing the game, I think, in a, in, you know, in a more sober way, the, the cold light of day. And um, it's, still, I think, still a really, really strong game, really, really good fundamentals. But they, they have a lot of work still to do. You know what, guys? This is a great conversation. I'm feeling the energy. And guess what? We have breaking news right now from the team over at 343. Big oh. Joe Staten just put out a blog <laughs> wow. all about season two we while, while we were literally recording this. So here's how this is going to go. I'm going to hit you with the housekeeping, everyone listening. And then I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to read directly off this blog post on the Halo Waypoint so we can break it down live for you on this podcast. So, of course... This is the kind of funny X cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget that you can support kind of funny in an all new way. We are now Epic Games partners, which means if you're buying V Bucks over on Fortnite, if you're upgrading your car cosmetics in Rocket League, or if you're buying games off the Epic Games store, please use our Epic Creator code at checkout. Kind of funny. It's no additional cost to you, and you can help support the team in a brand new way after that of course if you've missed any of the awesome content we've been doing i got a good one for all of you you can go on over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games where you can check out the nail biting awesome fun rage inducing seafood race that's right i had andy barrett blessing and tim sit down to race through seafood in an awesome stream 
earlier this Friday, and it's now out over on YouTube, so y'all can go check it out. Who is the fastest to get through Sifu the video game? It's a ton of fun. It's really, really awesome. After that, I would love for you to go check out friend of the show, Mild Don Pierre's at Windows Central Xbox Chatterdays podcast because he's got Greg Miller on. We love Greg over here, kind of funny, and he's chatting it up with Miles. Me and Paris have been on the show before. I know he's gunning to get Gary one day, but Miles does great work over at Windows Central Gaming, so please go check him out. Of course, we want to give a big thank you to all of our Patreon producers, the people who support us over on Patreon for the month of March. Here are your Patreon producers. Thank you to Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, Pranksky, Dan, Golden Spider B, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. Of course, this week's Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Guild Wars, but myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. All right, let's jump into this breaking news right now because Big Joe Staten has a blog post up on Halo Waypoint detailing Season 2 and the Halo Infinite update, March 2022. I'm going to do my best to read through some of the key points. I'm sure Paris and Gary will help me if I miss anything, but uh, let's talk about it right here, right now. Of course, it kicks off with, hey, everyone, I'm here to answer two questions that we know are on top of mind for the Halo community. What is the Halo Infinite team working on right now? And when can we expect new content and features? I'll start with brief answers and then get into more detail, including sharing some new information on what's coming with season two. This is the focus of the Halo Infinite team in priority order. Number one, addressing issues negatively impacting the player experience. Two, completing season two and delivering it as promised on May 3rd. Three, continuing work on campaign co-op Forge and season three. We also have a priority zero that undergrids everything we do, namely team health, with an emphasis on getting ourselves into a sustainable development rhythm so that we can deliver great experiences to all of you while keeping a healthy work-slash-life balance. Priority zero means that we sometimes need to move slower that we can move faster later. Frankly, these last few months have been slower than we expected, and we sincerely thank you for your patience as we stay true to the priorities above. Now let's dive into the specifics. So priority number one, addressing critical issues. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this in real time, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. keep eyes on that. Um, but let's jump right into priority number two, because that's the one I saw. We'll come back to critical issues on priority number one. Priority number two, shipping season two. If you check your season one battle pass, you will see that it ends, that season one ends on May 2nd. And that's because season two will launch May 3rd. I'm very excited to announce the official name and theme for season two, which is Lone Wolves. By the theme, we can we we man we mean a core idea that guides the creation of much, but not all of our season's content. Lone Wolf Spartans are hunter trackers. They're resourceful in uh Operating deep in enemy territory without resupplying any support. Let's keep it going right here. Um, here it is. During Season 2, we will also be shipping playlist updates, balance changes, new modes, and maps. Specifically, one arena map named Catalyst and one big team battle map named Breaker. The new mode include Last Spartan Standing, a free-for-all elimination mode, as well as another new mode named Land Grab. 
plus the return of an updated all-time favorite mode, King of the Hill. We have some concept art for both of those maps, Catalyst and Breaker. Breaker looking like the mining structures that you saw out there on Zeta Halo. And then, of course, a Forerunner type map for Catalyst right here. We'll have a lot more to share about Season 2 maps, modes, customization options, and narrative content in April as marketing and promotional campaign kicks into high gear. So there's a lot for us still to break down, but let's pause right there while I get the other stuff in line. Paris, priority number two, shipping season two. We now have a date, May 3rd. We have the concept and theme, Lone Wolves. Of course, we also have now been teased with two maps <laughs> and a couple game modes. Now, how are you feeling about this as I break it all down with you? I feel good about it, but I... I then it, it makes my mind wonder to how long do we have to wait for season three? Because we're getting two maps, we're getting King of the Hill, which which is great. But how long will that last until now we're like, am I gonna have to wait six months until season three? You know what I mean? So that would kind of just be my first thought on that, just kind of piggybacking off of our initial um our initial conversation about this. Yes, this is what the game needs. We need new maps, we need new modes. This is absolutely what season two needs i just hope i want to see what is now going to be the cadence for seasons post the, this extended long first season are are we going to by the end of the summer get season three and then there's going to be more maps more modes are is that going to be the be the cadence that we can expect or they're going to drag this out all the way until this fall that would be my concern looking at this but on a positive note we're getting an arena map getting a big team bat battle map we're getting king of the hill you know and and they're building this you know this whole lone wolves concept they're building <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me sounds exciting so i mean i'm definitely looking forward to playing it um i just we still got two months before we get it though so so that just brings us back to what we were, uh, initially were saying are people going to want to jump back in on may the third and check out this content yeah, that's a big one here, Paris. I mean, there's a couple of key points that I'm looking at, right? You bring up the game modes, which is sorely needed and going to be something special to see some new ones come in. You have a fan favorite, which is King of the Hill. Everybody loves King of the Hill. It will be cool to see if they somehow elevate King of the Hill than the traditional spot just sitting on the ground or if they'll make it kind of fun and different where maybe that right. spot moves around and you chase it around the map to keep the sight lines going, which could be fun as well. You get another new mode called Land Grab, which I'm excited to see because right now they kind of have the control domination mode. I forget what they call it, but that's out right now. So how does Land Grab look different and play different than what we already have, which is their control mode already? And then this new mode, I think it's the big one that will circle and you, me and, you, me and Gary will talk about because we've kind of talked about what certain affinity is possibly making. But what is this last Spartan standing? A free-for-all right. elimination mode. So we got a little tease during one of the previous uh, themed events where we had the elimination mode going on where, you know, it's kind of team versus team slayer. You get a countdown of certain things. You can revive your teammates. What does that look like in a free-for-all type situation? It's kind of interesting to me. Maybe it's free-for-all and you have five lives, and if you burn those lives, you're out of the game, and it comes down to just a couple of people. But that's a big one is the game modes right there. Then on the flip side, it's funny, Paris, just moments ago, I was telling you and Gary, I need a lot of maps, right? right? Personally, I think we need a lot of maps. Two right now, and I, you know, maybe Big Joe and the team have more that they're going to share and show 
later on, but we have at least two guaranteed. One arena, one big team. My concern is it's not enough. I don't know if just two alone is going to do it to get people back and really feeling that I think there will be an initial pop for that first week of May, maybe the whole first month. But after that, two maps isn't going to cut it for myself and maybe many others. But it will be interesting to see if they tease us with some more. But I do like the themes, right? We get some cool forerunner tech over on one. We get the big mining drill. I look forward to big team because that's where I really love is a big team map is a must have for me. Gary, as I prepare for the next one, what are you thinking right now as we break down season two? First of all, I agree uh, with the whole priority zero thing. You got to pro your team health I, has yeah. to come oh, yeah, first. That, 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 that is something yes. that has, has become has come more to the forefront of the of the whole kind of gaming discourse in the past couple of years, and and rightly so. It's going to sound silly, but like even from just like making a, a stupid little web game, um, I have really it's really kind of opened my eyes to just how difficult it is to kind of keep up with all of the. The criticisms, player complaints, you know, people asking for this and that. You know, why why doesn't the game do this? Why doesn't the game do that? Like scale that up to the size of something like Halo, where you've got a much larger and a much more engaged and much more um, passionate uh, player base. You know, which can sometimes border on on toxicity. Um, it's absolutely right that they that they prioritize that. Having said that, um, you know, just go back to what we were saying even before the uh, the, the blog post breaking news came in. I, I I think it's reasonable to say that they did fall. A little bit behind in the in the post launch window these 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 last few months of what might reasonably expected in terms of the growth of the game and now hopefully season two is their opportunity to, to catch up and this blog post seems to be um, kind of the first step towards promising those things so yeah let's look at what they promised yeah we don't know too much yet just what is in that blog post but obviously new maps new modes are key right again one of the things that that eventually stopped me from playing was just that little bit of of kind of you know fatigue and weariness of like every time I would start a new game it's like really this map again or this mode right, again right. like it was just it was starting to wear on us a little bit we wanted more variety so i think more maps more modes i personally think that modes are more important than maps but they're both you know you can you can you can have the same map but have a fundamentally different fundamentally different experience on that map based on you know what the objectives are what the game mode is so it's nice to have both um but i'm a little bit more interested in what the new modes are uh than the new maps are the one that got that, that uh, got my ears pricking up when you uh when you first mentioned it mike was uh, last spartan standing which sounds a little bit like battle royale to me you know gary i could see you know we talk about battle royale we talk about if they should should they should they have not when you look at that gary what if it is a free-for-all last spartan standing battle royale type where we're on a big team battle match if you die you're out and it's the last person standing it's a mini battle royale essentially what if it's like that that could be interesting to see well it, and it also ties into I, I i don't know if you if you read everything that joe said or if you went into more depth about the kind of the whole lone wolves yes, thing. But if, you, if, you, if you just give me those two words lone wolves i'm thinking to me that points to like a like a um, uh, an increased focus on individual play rather than team play mm. okay okay you know, I have a lot of lone wolves on my arena team already. <laughs> I, I need more team-focused play from you, Gary. That's what I need, not more lone wolves That's the problem is even in a team game, you're often dealing <laughs> with like just eight lone wolves on a team instead of some kind of cohesive unit. So maybe maybe they're thinking, screw it, let's embrace that. People just want to do their own thing no matter what. We've all had those frustrations, right, especially on big team battle maps where people are just screwing around over there and clearly not playing the objectives, and it's and it's crazy-making. So maybe they've, they've just decided to lean into that. There's only so much you can do to, to really force people to play as a team, people are going to run off and 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 kind of tell do their own you know objectives and do whatever they want to do. I think that is somewhat aggravated by the whole 
objectives thing, like get eight kills with a sniper rifle or whatever. That's not always compatible with what the team needs you to be doing. You know, like maybe maybe sniping on this map is not the most useful thing for you to be doing right now, but you want to get that, you know, you want to pop that achievement or whatever. Um, those two things I think can sometimes uh, run counter to one another but maybe maybe the idea of lone wolves is like is 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 putting together some modes and, and maps and an experience that is less reliant on everyone working together as a team yeah it's going to be interesting big joe here when you talk about the theme of lone wolves and their idea right now it says as you dive into season two story a mix of cinematics story themed events battle pass items and more will embody the lone wolves theme so it will be cool to see what they can bring on the cinematic side because we know that first multiplayer cinematic was really, really something special and well done. So I look forward to seeing more Halo cinematics, especially with the Halo TV show coming up soon. I, I'll get all the Halo I can is right. Uh, let's move on right now into priority number three. Work on campaign co-op Forge in season three. So I'm going to read directly off of this because there is a lot to break down here right now. Uh, Joe says, we're making great progress on campaign network co-op. And to be clear, this work has been occurring in parallel to season two work and has our work on Forge. But the reality is that it's going to take more time to land a high quality, full featured four player network co-op experience in the massive wide open world of Halo Infinite. We're also committed to a great two player split screen co-op experience on all Xbox consoles from the original Xbox One through the Xbox uh, once or through the Xbox Series X. And the non-linear, wide-open sections of the campaign present some big challenges for split-screen that have taken us more time to solve. All this means that we will not be able to ship campaign network co-op on May 3rd at the start of Season 2, but we are still aiming to deliver campaign, co -op, campaign network co-op later in Season 2, and we will share a release date for that and for split-screen co-op as soon as we can. Let's pause for a second and talk about campaign co-op right there. So Big Joe and the team talking about some of the obstacles, the roadblocks, the difficulty there. No campaign co-op for network or split screen on May 3rd. Paris, you and I talked about this before the show even went live. How does that make you feel that we're going to push this back a little bit further? I mean, it's a bummer to hear. I mean, let's let's just be honest about that. Um, the fact that they they still can't lock down an actual release date on it. Now, obviously, there seems to be some technical challenges that that is preventing them from doing that. So, so I'm sympathetic to that, and I understand it. But just from uh, a, a gamer who's anticipating co-op and wants to do co-op with my friends or like my son, for an example, it's a bummer that we already have to wait two more months for season two. And then it's still TBD into season two when we're actually going to be able to experience co-op. And like I said before, how long is season two? So we really, we it's still up in the air on when we're going to get co-op. Are we going to get it, you know, during the summer? Is it going to slip into the fall? Mm -hmm. We still don't know. So from that standpoint, it's disappointing to hear, but it's also understandable under the current circumstances of, of game development that if they need more time, you take more time. I would rather them take more time and nail it and get it right than try and rush it out to meet some arbitrary date and then it's buggy and then we're complaining about why did you put this buggy co-op out as an example, right? So um, I do see both sides of it, but you know, it, you know, it, it is a little disappointing to hear for sure. Gary, thoughts on campaign co-op in your sense 
You have, of course, split screen co-op that they want to bring to all Xbox consoles. You know, you and the wife sitting on the couch, split screen has always been something special to Halo out there, bringing your friends and campaign co-op together on the couch. What do you think about this? Yeah, I, rem- I, I mean, I remember playing split screen campaign Halo in the in the first game and, and having a having a blast with it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a, a developer or, or, or a programmer, and so I, I can't speak to this in a, in a really informed way. But I can, as a layman, I can kind of understand why uh, the open world nature of the maps might be more difficult, you know, to kind of serve two players simultaneously at the same time if they're, in, you know, if they wander off in vastly different, you know, corners of the map. That that you know put, puts more of a technical strain on the game. I would imagine. Um, but look, in terms of the bigger picture, clearly they're overstretched right now in terms of being able to deliver everything. They, in terms of being able to do everything they want to do all at once, they just can't do everything all at once. And so they've had to triage a little bit. And if something's got to give, I think it's probably right that the campaign co-op be made a lesser mm. priority because yeah, I, 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 I imagine that players would be really pissed if this was flipped. Again, oh, we're prioritizing campaign co-op <laughs> right now. Multiplayer is going to have to wait. That's multiplayer base would be would be appalled. And again, because I think more people are just interested in improving the multiplayer experience than campaign co-op, which while it's a thing many of us want, I don't think it's as wanted as just you know boosting the the multiplayer. And again, the multiplayer changes are things that are going to keep on giving long term whereas the campaign co-op maybe it's something we do for a couple of weeks with our buddies and then we kind of leave it behind you know the same way that you eventually leave the single player campaign behind and you go on to just play multiplayer for months on end um so i think they've made the right decision there um the one thing the one thing you skipped over mike that i do want to try and get back to is you because priority one was like let's fix the things that are bugging players mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now i don't know if he goes into more detail in the blog post because i haven't i don't have it up in front of me but I'm curious to know if they what what have they identified as like the biggest problems that they need to address with the game as it stands. What are those priority one? Yeah, things? Gary. Uh, let's jump into that in just one moment because I want to just piggyback off you and I agree with you, Gary. And my personal preferences when I play Halo, it is multiplayer. So I am glad that we are seeing more of the focus on the multiplayer. I do think that in my eyes, I would let campaign kind of slip towards the wayside right there and put a little more time on that. On the positive side, I love the idea of two-player split-screen co-op. I think that's something in 2022 we're vastly moving away from. We're moving on to an online, always world. Everybody separated in their own rooms, and we don't get much co-op experiences with the split-screen. So I think that is something special. And I think we all can agree when we look at that campaign, I'm sure there is a lot of bugs and ideas that we could see on the screen if me and Paris started running in opposite directions and just not you know, playing nice with this gameplay. So it is sad to see the co-op get pushed a little bit. I think we all can be real with each other. I think co-op campaign was supposed to be their day one, should have been their day one. So it kind of sucks to see it continue to get pushed by. But as of right now, for me, that was the least on the priority. It is multiplayer. So we'll come back to Forge in just a second. Let's roll up to priority number one, Gary. I'll give you that. Priority number one is addressing critical issues. Since the launch of Halo Infinite, we have been carefully tracking and analyzing all critical issues negatively impacting players' experience with the game and supporting services. The internal name we have for this process is the Hot List. Every week, we refresh the Hot List with new insights and review issue prioritization and progress towards fixes. The Hot List serves as a vital internal planning tool for our monthly development sprints as as well as the hot fix content updates and seasons we delivered to you. Some of the issues on the hot list are gaps in the Halo Infinite experience that we are only fully understand 
only fully understood close to launch and were unable to address at the acceptable quality bar before ship. An example of this kind of known hot list issue is Spartan Career, aka score-based player progression. Examples of unknown issues at launch were uh, vulnerabilities in our anti-cheat system and problems with big team battle matchmaking that we didn't realize existed until we launched the game at scale. Thus far, we have prioritized acute, unknown, before ship issues that have a widespread negative impact on the shipped experience. Some items have been addressed and cleared from the hot list, e.g. big team battle matchmaking. Some have had partial improvements but need more work, e.g. anti-cheats, and others are in active development but not yet released, e.g. Spartan Career, Campaign Co-op, and Forge. We are working on public-facing versions of the hot list similar to what the studio did during the Master Chief Collection updates so that all of you will have a clear and constant window into the status of the hot list issues as we work to address them. In the meantime, the Halo support website remains your best place for information and help if you're experiencing any issues with the game. So Big Joe and the team talking about, you know, how they internalize it, what's the big map, how they go off of that. Gary, we talk about Spartan career. That was one of the big ones of like, people wanted XP for how well they played in the games, not challenges. Seems like that's one of the big priorities. Are you happy to hear that they're going to address that in season two and beyond? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, the challenge, again, as someone who was playing it a lot those first few months, I felt like I was, you know, I was very much aware of the things that I was like, wait, why is it doing it that way? That doesn't seem to make sense. And the slow battle pass progression was one thing, you know, low quality of cosmetic improvements, like level 50 armor looks very similar to level one armor. So what's the point? All those kind of things. Um, and again, as I touched on earlier, those those challenges often feeling like they're running, you know, they're counterproductive in terms in terms of team play and things like that, and encouraging people to just go off and and um, and pop achievements when they should really be be helping the team. The other thing, I don't know if this is on the list, but the other thing I've seen a lot of players compl uh, complain about, and I've had this frustration at a lower level, is um, not under players not understanding or being frustrated by how their um, multiplayer rank in ranked games can be affected by wins and losses and their individual performance i i would play like a suite of ranked games uh, and do see i felt like i did quite well got more wins and losses but my my rank um wouldn't change very much it wouldn't go up or down or i would have a really bad run of games and it would actually go up it's like none of this seems to make sense like the experience i had and the rank and the way that my ranking changed they they don't seem connected in a way that makes sense to me and it's a bigger problem for players that take the game very seriously i know a couple of people though who are onyx level players who are like really really hardcore serious ranked players and they complain constantly about how their performance in the game doesn't seem to bear any relationship that they can understand to the changes in their ranking that they'll do very very well and their ranking will only inch up or not even change at all or they'll do slightly poorly and their ranking will drop way down and i think part of the problem is the ranking system there's obviously stuff going on algorithmically behind the scenes in terms of it evaluating your performance and and talk and and then you know changing that you know translating that into how your ranking changes but it's completely opaque right there's no transparency into it at all there's you can't kind of look under the hood and go oh i see what it's doing like it's changing my ranking because you know maybe my team did well but i didn't perform well individually or whatever like there's no way to know how ranking actually works so i don't know if that means coming up with a simpler system or just giving greater visibility into how their ranking algorithm works. I don't know, but that is one that I've seen a lot, particularly among the high level players in like you know, the, the platinum and onyx players really, really don't like the way the ranking system works right now. So I, I imagine that's probably on their hot list as well. 
Gary, I will try to balance both, but I will tell you that recently uh, we have had an update on the ranking systems. They actually reset the ranks for us oh, really? as well. So I'll give you that update while we continue to talk if I can balance both. But uh, that was a big one that was addressed by Unisec and the team, and I'm sure that will continue to be addressed because you're right, Gary. A lot of people were frustrated with what is going on, what is the ranking system actually built off of, and we did have a hard reset. So I would love to go back with you and see what that really looks like. Yeah, but, I, mean, I, I don't know how recent yeah. that was, but I mean, I saw, like I said, a couple of the Onyx players that I follow on Twitter, they were they were still belly aching about this like a week or two ago. So I don't know how much, it, if there was a reset, maybe they reset it, but like people feel like, May still the same old problems or maybe like new problems but you know just as annoying as the old ones i don't know but i know that very recently again i haven't played in ages i'm, I'm looking at people that are playing and playing at a high level mm -hmm. and i'm seeing a lot of belly aching about the ranking system paris we talk about we have the plan now addressing the issues completing season two working on campaign co-op mm -hmm. forge in season three also priority zero let's focus right now you and i on priority one if you were with the team what is going up on the hot list board what is the number one fix that you want to see for the player experience i mean for the player experience overall and it kind of just feeds into what what gary is saying it, just a, a clear-cut understanding of how my progression works throughout mm. the, the entire right. multiplayer experience so i know when i pick up the sticks or the mouse and keyboard and i jump in I'm playing, I know what my clear-cut goals are. I have somewhat of an idea how wins and losses are going to affect that. And, you know, that carrot on the stick, so to speak, you know, as far as in the battle pass and all that, the rewards that I'm going to get for the time that I invest into the game. Um, that would probably be priority one for me because I think that's how you get people to stay engaged with the game and wanting to keep coming back because, they they know what they know what they're doing while while they're in their playing. Sure, we all agree the multiplayer is fun. This this is not even a case of talking about Halo Infinite as a game being fun. But again, they've designed this game for the long haul. For they want you coming back every day, every week, every month playing this game. So I need to understand why I'm investing my time into Halo Infinite on the multiplayer side to to keep coming back versus putting down the controller and going to go play something else. I mean, that's the reality of where we are. I also will say, look, obviously developer sa safety, public health, all that the current state of the world, that's priority number one, you know, making sure the well-being of, of the team. But as they deep dive into fixing these issues, just kind of untangle the web, so to speak, so that we have a clear cut idea of, of what we're chasing and, you know, what our time investment's gonna be in the game. Really, really quick, just to pull the curtain back here for all the uh, viewers right here, Andy and I are, you know, working, uh, going back and forth on, you know, headlines, thumbnails, all that good stuff. And just to make sure we're covering all of our bases, like was, to go back to co-op specifically, was that guaranteed day one for season two? Or is that just kind no. of, it'll it'll show up at one point during season two was just kind of the the vague kind of, we did not have any clear understanding or communication of where it was. It was just put as season two. There was no day one. There right. was no any of this. So this is a live thing that we just found out about as we're speaking. So this is going to be the new kind of a goal mark here of they will do it sometime in season two. But day one, it will not be coming live. I hope that answers that for you, Barrett. It does. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Uh, for me, you know, I hear you and Gary, and I actually agree with that. I really want 
that kind of Spartan career a little more clear. And I want yeah. to feel that progression every time I play. I actually am on the opposite side. My priority number one is anti-cheat. This is a big one for me. And I'm sure a lot of players out there that talk about it, you know, playing so many hours of Warzone and seeing what that's devolved into with the ricochet anti-cheat really not working and just absolutely getting destroyed through games and how demoralizing that feels to go up against cheaters. That's the last feeling I want when I play Halo, right? And I think some of us got a small taste of what that is, right? And sometimes it gets worse, sometimes it gets better. But right now, for me, that anti-cheat's got to be up towards the top right now of addressing that, addressing that issue and finding a way to ensure that when me, Paris, and Gary jump on, we have a fun, safe, and awesome experience and not weighed down by people who are cheating and hacking into the game and ruining the experience. Because with the lack of content that's been this far, if I was to jump in and there was just cheaters after lobby after lobby, I'm immediately putting the sticks down and I'm going to find a different game. So right. anti-cheat for me is up at the top. Before we move away from priority number one and we move into Forge, really quick, Paris, how does it feel hearing we're working on a public-facing version of the hot list similar to the studio did during Master Chief Collection update so they'll have a clear and constant window. We talk about this communication do you like having the clear window yeah, out of the absolutely. hot list? Yeah, I mean, that's like you're saying, it's communication, talking to your community, <clears throat> excuse me, letting people know what's going on to me, especially with, with all these time gaps and everything that we have. If people can have some insight into what you're working on, into what you're doing on a you know somewhat regular basis, I mean, you know, some not everyone's going to be under you know reasonable about it and under understanding with it, but but most people are. And as long as you're communicating with your community, that's that's to me should should always be be the not not the priority is the wrong word I'm looking for here, but that should always be the case that you're talking to your community and they're they're not left out in the dark, so to speak, and it can understand what's going on. Mike, can I just make one more point yeah, on yeah, priority please. one before we move on? Because you raised yeah, anti cheat. Yeah. And I'd actually forgotten all about that. But I now, yeah. now that you've kind of triggered my memory, I remember, you remember people, that was a big headline for Halo the per first few months. <clears throat> um, anyone who listens to me on Kind of Funny Games Daily knows that like crossplay is a really big deal for me. Like I push, I'm always advocating for crossplay and I want those system barriers. You know, I want to be able to play, you know, with my friends on PlayStation and Nintendo Switch or PC or whatever and have everyone playing together. But when you bring PC and Xbox players together in a game like Halo Infinite, that does kind of show the dark side of crossplay, right? Because we're seeing, you know, che cheating is only really a, really a thing on PC, right? Where it's an open system that you can get in there and hack. And I remember seeing now that you've reminded me lots and lots of stories about um, Xbox players desperately asking to, dis to disable crossplay, right? So they don't get thrown in to uh, an unsegregated pool with all of these cheaters. And I feel like if that's still an issue, that should, I don't know, I don't know how anything tops that for the, the number one item on their hot list because other glitches other imperfections other things that negatively impact the player experience players will for the most part tolerate those as long as they feel like you know it's just, yeah everyone's dealing with this together like that's that needs to be fixed but we're all dealing with it nothing like you said mike nothing will make you put the controller down and walk away uh more quickly than the feeling that the game is unfair and you're getting cheated on if there are cheaters running rampant in the game and you can't like, then nothing nothing pisses you off more than that and as long as that continues um, they're going to have an issue with with you know player bleed. People go fuck this game. If cheaters, if they're not going to think about cheaters, why bother? We've seen this with Warzone. We've seen it with all kind of you know, Fall Guys. I remember cheaters. Remember the guys that were floating around the map on Fall Guys. I walked yeah. away. Eventually, they fixed it and I came back. But until they brought in anti cheat, I stopped playing Fall Guys. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, so that does need to be 
addressed. And just in, and, and just in the overall picture of this, you know, let's remember they the, the the Halo team have a real material economic imperative to fix these issues, right? This isn't a game where you know you sell the game to sell them for sixty bucks. And, well, wait, well, if you got a problem with the game, we well, already have your money. That's not how this works, right? Like they gave the multiplayer away for free and if you have game pass they essentially gave you the entire game for free but on the multiplayer side the entire economic model is getting people to put their hands in their wallet right for microtransactions right. and no one's going to do that if they continue to be you know un unsatisfied with the game as it is you've got to really really like a game to to be willing you know you'll be really really invested to to, to start buying the cosmetic armor the whole game is based on that microtransaction platform and you know so they, they do have a real reason to you know keep people happy with the game otherwise they're not going to continue spending their money well said gary witta let's move into forge and season three right after i take a moment and tell you all about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by guild wars 2 end of dragon the third expansion for the award-winning and critically acclaimed mmorpg guild wars 2 and the culmination of the elder dragon saga there's no shortage of new shenanigans to get up to to explore the beautiful canton continent travel fish with your friends in your own personal skiff unlock nine new elite specializations pilot the siege turtle combat mount and way way more if you're new to guild wars 2 don't worry their community of over 16 million players are ready to welcome you with open arms if you're already a guild wars 2 commander it's time to gear up for some new adventures like that siege turtle mount i mentioned earlier yeah it can bear two riders one to handle the turtle the other to operate the weapon strapped to its shell that's awesome what about the personal skiff i mentioned it's your new home away from home on the waves. Ferry your whole party around to explore, relax, or drop anchor to fish over 200 unique species around Tyria. You can check out the link in the description to get your hands on Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons available now. All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's jump back into priority number three. Now let's talk about Forge and season three as Big Joe wraps up the Halo Waypoint blog. So right now, this is how it reads. We are also making great progress on Forge. Indeed, we are already fighting, uh, flighting forwards to a small group of community creators and working closely with them to ensure that all of you have a terrific experience creating, sharing, browsing, and playing Forge content. In the near term, we will continue to privately flight Forge as we develop it while also planning for public flights later this year. We still have the goal of shipping Forge with Season 3. Speaking of Season 3, while the majority of the team is tackling hot list items, shipping season two and working on co-op campaign and forge, there are also many folks already hard at work on season three. We'll be sharing additional details and specifics on all of these development efforts at a later date. Importantly, we're not just planning to address hot list items at the start of <clears throat> at the start of season, similar to update 1.1.1 that launched a little more than a week ago. We intend to ship fixes, features, and content in more uh, agile ways during our seasons. And speaking of great seasonal content, our season next season one event, Tactical Ops, starts next week. So get set for variants on the Tactical Slayer mode, along with new Mark Seven Core uh, focused rewards to earn. So no shorter, longer date on season three. We talked about Forge and still aiming for season three right here, Paris. You know, you have played a lot of live service games. We kind of know the development cycle of like who gets it, who doesn't get it, and like kind of the roadblocks and the obstacles of this. We see now 343 
maybe getting footing after this latest announcement here of like, we got a plan now. We're looking at the big roadmap. How right. do you feel about Forge in season three in Big Joe's words? Well, I think the, the Forge comment is pretty much on par with what they've said in the past. You're not going to get it until season three. So again, it sounds like really Forge isn't going to come until this fall, right? When it, whenever they put out season three. So that expectation hasn't really changed on it. It's good to see that it is getting in people's hands outside of 343 mm -hmm. during during some flighting. So they are getting feedback on that and working working with the community on you know shaping this and, and, and getting it to a state where they can obviously open that up even more to more people and then obviously launch it to everyone by the time we get, get to season three. So it, it, it does bring it back to like, again, all of this is unfortunate. I wish all this stuff was there day one. But this is part of, like, if if a, a mode like Forge would have been ready at launch, it would have been a lot more forgiving if some of the other curated content that would have come directly from 343 had a longer gap between it because the community could basically entertain themselves with something yeah. like Forge, right? But um, But it's almost flipped where we're not going to get Forge until the end, until it seems like you're saying 343 has finally kind of figured out their cadence on how they're going to put out seasons and get content out. Then we're going to get Forge with season three. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just say overall, because I, I feel like the whole tone of this has been really negative about Halo, obviously, from the start of the show. But I mean, the game's good. I, I, I want to keep reiterating that. Mm -hmm. It's not that the experience of playing Halo Infinite campaign or multiplayer is bad. It's just that we enjoy what we have so much, we want more of it. That, that's really all it comes down to. We want more. And being a guy that's been playing Destiny and Division and stuff like that for so many years, that's always been the core problem with those games too, is I love what I'm doing. I just want more of it. Give me more. You, you, you literally can't satisfy me enough because you can't give me enough content. I mean, Bungie has somewhat figured it out at this point with their cadence with seasons and expansions and obviously witch queen got delayed because of covid but even they can't even keep up with, with the demand i mean after this raid comes out and all that people are gonna all right give me more i need more where's the dungeon i need more stuff you know what i mean so i do sympathize with 343 when it comes to that and you know like i said hopefully by the time we get forged with season three it'll be in a great polished state mm -hmm. like everything else that they put out so far and uh, the community can really embrace and enjoy it. Yeah, Paris, I, I think you're saying all the right things here. As we start to turn the corner at the end of this blog post, I feel positive about this, right? I love that communication. This is something as the Halo community wanted. We needed to hear this. Yeah. We needed to know, hey, we're right in the ship and we're moving forward in the right way. And it feels like that, right? It feels like at launch, when we're back in November and then into December, maybe 343 was playing on their heels, right? And they were looking to try to dig in and shift over to their toes and move forward in the right direction. And as he states, right, we have people working on certain aspects of this game and we might be kind of dialing it in for the betterment of the future. And that's what I want to hear as we move forward of like, we're figuring it out. We got the right people in the right places to get this delivered the way we want. And so it's exciting stuff. This is a big day. It's March 4th, right? We get this announcement here, we get the big blog post and now we can look forward to the future. And so as we wrap up this, let's take a look back really quick on the big priorities and the big focuses here. Of course, this focus for the Halo Infinite team is in this priority. I'll read it once again from the blog post. Number one, addressing issues negatively impacting the player experience. Number two, completing season two and delivering it as promised on May 3rd. Number three, 
working on campaign co-op, Forge, and season three. And of course, most importantly, priority zero, meaning that we sometimes need to move slower so that we can move faster later. Frankly, these last few months, they've been moving slower as expected. And we sincerely thank the team, but we're ready to deliver the best and find the most healthy work slash life balance. So some positives here. As we look forward now, guys, coming out of this, we have two maps now teased. We have three modes now teased as well. Probably expecting more maps to be shown when we get towards May 3rd. We now have a date of May 3rd. We have a clear understanding that campaign co-op will not be there day one on May 3rd. So we're going to have a focus on multiplayer. We have the new season theme. Paris, you talked about the positivity. I'll end it with you and Gary. How are you feeling now after this blog post this afternoon? Hey, I, I, I think the fact that we were literally talking about this in the new yeah. joke where we're talking about it uh, is a good sign. It, it it shows that they are listening to the community. And, you know, you had Joe Staten himself, you know, give us an update on what's going on. So I do think that'll put some minds at ease. Again, it's it's not all great news. I mean, you know, there there's are a few disappointments in there, but that's just the reality of the world that we're in right now. So it's understandable. But now we know. And that that's the most important thing. So we can set expectations accordingly. Gary, how are you feeling moving into the spring months? And we look forward to summer and season two. How are you feeling? It's uh, it's funny. We, we we joke on the on the podcast sometimes about how we know that Phil and other people from Microsoft listen to us because, you know, we'll, we'll complain about something. And then like in the ne- <laughs> over the course of the next several days, it gets addressed or spoken about. This is the fastest I've ever seen that happen. Yeah. Phil's yeah. watching live. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how quickly Joe wrote up that blog post. It must have been very, very fast. He's oh, shit, I got to get on this. Um, no, so in all seriousness, you know, again, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. They, I do think that they are behind where they would want to be a few months in. They're certainly behind where the player base wants them to be uh, a few months in. COVID and, and, and team health and all of those things notwithstanding, they're, they're not where they want to be. Um, at the same time, you know, these live service games, these these online games, the story's the story's never finished, right? They're always writing the story mm-hmm. uh, in in terms of you know where um, the 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 game is, is is evolving to. And right now, again, they're a little bit behind. But let's see, let's see where they are when they deliver season two. And we, we we're you know we'll, we'll still be talking about this a few months from now or a year from now. Like you know, we'll, well, I'm sure there'll be a big thing where we're all back here talking about like Halo Infinite one year on. Like what? How? You know, is is it the game that we hoped it would be? A year on because no one no one expects these games to be fully formed and content complete on day one we want it we want it to you know not be buggy not be broken and we just, we want it to work and be good and i think halo infinite for the most part delivered that on day one um and i think they've done a good job of addressing some of the things that need to be addressed but as i said earlier they still have a lot of work to do and i think it's just a, it's a constant never-ending story of checking in after three months six months nine months 12 months is the game where we could where we should reasonably expect it to be after that much time um and this is kind of our first major check-in right it's it's like three or four months after mm-hmm. after launch um we just we just saw the first really really major uh you know uh, update on season two and right now the verdict is this all sounds great, but you 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 know just recognize you are a little bit behind where we hoped you would be by now. Uh, let's see let's see where they are at the next check in. Yep. Yeah, Completely my mind agree. is at ease. I'm excited, right? I feel a sense of relief finally getting the word from this team to know where we stand and where we're moving. And so this is exactly what I wanted to see as a Halo fan and as an Xbox fan. 
And this is what gets me excited to know that the team is ready to talk. They're ready to show and they're ready to move forward as we look towards May 3rd. So great job from Joe Staten and the team over at 343. They hit us with a blog post while recording this. So hopefully, you know, I did my best to jumble through all of that for you. I'm sure everybody watching and listening have already read this, have ever gone through every single line and in between the words that are getting on me on the comments. But uh, I hope you are excited as we are now with the shift in the feelings here for Halo Infinite. But let's keep it moving. So, Mike, I have yeah. a suggestion before we keep it moving. Next Tell week, me. let's start the show complaining about where's the Starfield information? Why yes. haven't we seen any Starfield <laughs> okay. gameplay? Uh, uh, Paris, and then maybe during like the show, we'll get it. We we only, we we get one a week, I feel like, at this point, Paris. What do you want to do next? Starfield Let's use it on Starfield. Banjo I like that. Let's use it on Starfield. You know, like, where's Banjo-Kazooie? You know? I, I, I've tapped out on Banjo. They're not going to oh, That's fair. That's really yeah. fair. You're the best, Paris. Thank you. Yes, we'll do that next week. Yeah. You're the best. Let's keep it moving on some more fun stuff right here. Let's talk about Game Pass, Steam, and the Steam Deck, because we got some cool comments and a cool tweet from our good friend Paris Lilly over there talking about Game Pass on Steam and what could be. But also, we got word from Valve President Gabe Newell and how he feels about Game Pass. So let's talk about it right now. Coming from PC Gamer, who had an awesome interview with Gabe from West. Enlon, uh, he wrote, when I spoke with Valve President Gabe Newell about the Steam Deck last week, I asked him if Valve is interested in its own subscription service or whether we could see Game Pass on Steam in the future. <clears throat> the quote goes, quote, I don't think it's something that we think we need to do ourselves building a subscription service at this time, but for their customers, it's clearly a popular option and we'd be more than happy to work with them to get that on Steam. We've talked to people there quite a bit about that topic. If your customers want it, then you should figure out how to make it happen. That's where we're at. So some interest there. And also it feels like kind of like the ball is like back in Phil's court of like, y'all figure it out then because we'll do it. So Paris, I see you smiling. You talked about it on Twitter. I mean, Game Pass on Steam. Let's just go with it. Is this the future? Is this a positive? to start off as much as i would love to see it happen um it's kind of like you said i think the ball has now been thrown back in microsoft's court until i hear xbox openly talking about it being a possibility mm -hmm. i don't think it happens i think what the realistic thing that's going to happen here is they're going to continue to iterate on their own xbox store app whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. on the pc we've obviously already seen they've taken steps to improve it now you can you know change the directory they won't have hidden files things like that which is a good thing um we've all already talked about this in the past their own app isn't where it needs to be when you compare it to what steam is but steam has also been doing this for 20 years as an example right so mm -hmm. um as much as i would love it especially for the steam deck because hell i probably ain't getting one to like 2024 at this point but i would love to have a native game pass app on the steam deck through steam whatever the case i would love that because now we're, we we truly have a portable xbox and can take it on the go with our games um i know destin from ign pointed out you know when when i was talking about that on twitter um you know last weekend that you know now the financials get into this because if game pass is on steam valve's getting some kind of cut out of this right mm -hmm. does microsoft even want to do that do they even want to explore that and negotiate that that's a whole nother business side of it 
that would need to be explored. But I would think if you you take the financials out of it, I mean, why would I mean, you hear Gabe Newell, sure, they would allow it on there. You know, Microsoft wants to put Game Pass everywhere they possibly can. So I think it's possible. I just don't think it's realistic anytime soon yeah. that, that we would see it happen. Yeah, Gary, that's where I want to bring you in because there's this weird like kind of counterbalance here, right? Of course, you'd love to get your product over on Steam with all those eyes, all those clicks, people possibly jumping on it that aren't already Game Pass subscribers. but it seems like on that final sentence is like, we're here. You can figure it out. Clearly we're talking about revenue splits, right? Because oh, yeah. Xbox has their own PC app. You get a hundred percent of that revenue split. You're not sharing it. Now you go over on steam. I mean, what are we talking here, Gary? What's now when you're Xbox and you hear that, what's the revenue split or what's the downfalls of this to try to get this on there? What's the roadblocks we could see? I don't know the answer to that question. And, and, as, and as Paris was talking, I basically realized that anything I say uh, subsequent to that is going to be redundant because I think Paris covered all the points. And I, yeah, yeah. I would basically just say ditto to everything that Paris already, <laughs> already said. But since we're talking about Steam Deck and Xbox yeah. and Game Pass, I, wanna, I actually want to pivot a little bit, get a little bit freaky with you and suggest something freaky very, very different. That's mm, usually Greg, but okay, let's do it. <laughs> so listen we're, listen, we're talking about, you look at the Steam Deck, right? And what an amazing, I, I think it's too big, but you, it, it's an ama clearly an amazing uh, piece of hardware that's only going to get better over time with hopefully subsequent uh, revisions of the hardware. You look at the Xbox Series S, which, you know, we've all been talking about what a marvel that is, that how much, you know, power they, the, the, how much capability they put into a box at that price and at that size. We look at what Nintendo has done with the Nintendo Switch. And that technology is like five years old, right? Do you know where I'm going with this, Mike? Uh, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm getting the vibe it, right put now. Put it all yeah, together. I'm getting the vibe, tell me. Put it all together. I think there is a case to be made for a handheld Xbox console. Don't do this, okay, It's a, don't it's do a this, conversation. We learned about the PlayStation before, Vita. Gary. Listen, well, this is, the, this is the thing, right? There's no competition in that space from Sony, right? Sony's, Sony's not going back into that market. Yeah, because it was a disaster for them. Right, but that, does, but that doesn't mean the next one would be, with if they, you know, the Vita wasn't very good, and neither was the PSP. I, I, I can't wait for Greg to listen to this. This is going to be great. I'm just going to, like, really stick the boot in. But here's the thing. Okay. Sony's, out, Sony's out of that market entirely, right? Nintendo it is basically their whole thing, right? Like, yeah. the whole, not the whole point, but, like, a big part of it is the Switch. Exactly. But, again, that's a very different system with very different games. I, and maybe Microsoft, Microsoft would say, look, we already have our handheld solution for the Xbox. It's called the, the cloud, mm. right? And you can mm. play the thing on any phone or snap a, 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 a backbone, you know, controller you know, gadget onto it or whatever. I, and, and maybe the cloud architecture is going to get there in the, in the near to medium term where that's, you know, where, where the issues that I've had with stuttering and it's not a perfect experience and you know, not everybody wants to play a game with touch controls on their phone. I think there's an argument to be made for a, for a handheld Xbox around the same price as the Series S, maybe maybe somewhere in, in between the size of the Switch and the Steam Deck. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm not going to yeah, look at the comments this, this it, show because everyone's going to go in on me. But I don't know. Why not? What's the why I not? Wouldn't you, I don't wouldn't think you, you're crazy. Go, go ahead, not, Mike. I, go, I don't, okay, go I ahead, Mike. Saying, sorry. I'm going to elevate him, Paris, because I don't think he's crazy. But like, it is easy to just look at and be like, Gary, we have our phones, right? And we have cloud gaming. And so how I'm going to elevate this is what if Gary you were able to team up with the Upspec gaming team that created that awesome X screen for the Series S, right? We all know the Series S is small. You put it in your backpack, you're on the go. What if somehow this team is able to figure out 
a battery and like some sort of Wi-Fi and or like mobile cellular data going on and you were able to stream and play games on the cloud like that with that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, all, big? all of these you know, kind of feel like halfway do. house kind of kit bash. Like, like mm -hmm. the, the, the cloud streaming thing is kind of a kit bash solution, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the cloud architecture isn't perfect yet. Again, I tried it again quite recently. I've still had some stuttering. It's not great. Um, you know, the, the screen's not as big, even on my on my iPhone 13 Pro is as big as I would want it to be. I don't want to have to strap some kind of you know gadget onto the side of it. I just want a thing that works out of the box like a Nintendo Switch like a stream deck for me personally the idea of something that is comparable in performance to a series s but which fits in the hand i don't know if economically or technology that makes sense right now i'm just saying that is something if they offered that that is something i would want Paris, what are you thinking well yeah i i don't think gary's crazy on that but right. it seems like kind of almost like with vr where microsoft themselves aren't going to do the heavy lifting for the hardware mm. Let somebody right. else do it. So basically Valve's already done it for them. So kind of like you're saying with, with, with the cloud tech, in the short term, it's going to make more sense for them to say, hey, fire up the Chrome browser on the, on the Steam, Steam Deck. You have access to all your Game Pass games. You can play it on there. And, and they'll do that, right? Could a partnership come to where you can locally download games you know, with, with valves onto the Steam Deck, sure. But like I said before, I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And to your point about the Series S tech, while I think it probably could be possible to get that to form fit into the size of a Steam Deck right now, I think the power consumption right now is probably just enormous. So you're, okay. what, what, a 30-minute battery, if you're lucky? I mean, <laughs> you know I, mean, I, mean? I, I mean, look, Valve ship Steam Deck, and that has terrible issues with, 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 yeah. with size and weight and really noisy fans and battery life. Yeah. I mean, I, I ordered it, but I'm, I, I've already decided, having seen these initial impressions, that it's out there in the wild. I'm either going to cancel my pre-order or keep it just to kind of get it in hand and see what it's like. But I'm almost well, certainly going to pass it. Because there's all keep those it. things, and then it's going to be one of the best emulation machines ever, Gary. Yeah, I was going to say that. But no, no, no. Let's not talk Gary into that. No, you keep, you keep it, Gary, because I want one. And if you get yours, before, well, like I said, I, if you, you if, if you want to get dibs in Paris, I'll happily ship it off to you at cost because I'm I'm not going to want it. Like, I, I, listen, Patrick Klepek, who had been using it for weeks, and I know we're off on a tangent here, highlighted the exact three issues that I suspected might be why I wouldn't want a Steam Deck. It's too big and heavy. The fans are really noisy, and the battery life is a joke. I think the Steam Deck is a brilliant, brilliant concept. But I think it's two. I think it's two hardware revisions away from being something that everyone's going to want. And that's the thing. It's it. There's going to be more revisions of it. And as the technology improves, power consumption is reduced, so batteries better, things like that. It's going to get better. But I think as a 1.0 product, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? So the fact that they even have this and, and it's a playable thing. Look, I, I just love new tech. This is why I want. No, it's great. And I, I'm an early adopter as well, which yeah. is why I signed up for it right away. I just, yeah. I'm looking. I just know that it's too big and bulky for me to really feel like it's a, it's a, it's a really viable handheld. Again, I know. I, I used to joke like I say, get back to, get back to me with the Steam Deck when it's basically the same form factor as a Switch. Which again, that's probably more than two revisions away. But just get me a little bit closer because right now the size of it is. I mean, the same way we were joking about the PlayStation 5. This thing is a chunky boy. Yeah. Look, look, how about this? If anybody from Valve is listening or watching this right now, <laughs> 
I have my pre-order. Like I put my pre-order in on the 512 and because the servers got slammed, I was an hour after and I'm still yeah. sometime after Q2. Look, hook your boy up. Move it Help on him up. out. And, Help and, him you know out. what I mean? And and we'll talk about it, review it we right here. We will gladly on talk about Absolutely. it right here on the show. I would love to, parents. <laughs> well, I mean, if we can get if we can get Game Pass running on it, then you know that's that's brilliant. I would I would love to try that out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be great. I want to do one final thing before we go, but just back on Game Pass with Steam. Very interesting stuff. I wonder in the future if we'll see that. There's just so much that goes in revenue streaming. You think yeah. or revenue sharing? You think of cloud streaming that they're pushing right now? You think of the third party titles, how that competes on Steam, what that kind of looks like. But very interesting stuff to see. Yeah, Steam themselves say, "Hey, the ball's in your court. Figure it out." You know that was very cool to see right there. Maybe, maybe I am crazy. During during the Halo conversation, I was kind of internally thinking to myself, "Hey, Gary, you're actually making some good comments about Halo. Maybe I will check out the comments on YouTube this week after my after this this harebrained idea." No, they're gonna love gonna it. Bother. I think you'd be surprised. Xbox fans. It's a, it's, it's a pipe. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's economically or technologically viable. I'm just saying if that magically were a thing, I, I would be interested in that product. What, one other thing on the, on the steam deck before yeah. we, we move on that. So the, the drivers aren't there yet. So we'll eventually get them, but you mm -hmm. can put windows on there. So, which mm -hmm. means you can have the quote unquote Xbox app on there. So, which means you could have native Xbox games on a steam deck just going through windows so that's that, all that's eventually going to happen so for the real enthusiasts and hardcore people that don't mind tinkering and doing stuff on their own that option is going to be there so so we will see that oh i think that's the, the enthusiasts year. the people that are going to put windows on it and do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. i think for the next yeah. few months you're going to see like every week there's going to be some new story oh, look at what someone look look what someone did with the steam deck yeah. now like all these kind of crazy things in the same way that people kind of got all kinds of amazing things out of the connect that were never right. intended as, as Barrett yeah. just mentioned emulation. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, there are other really good emulation <laughs> handhelds out there, but and Nintendo is already on it. They're like, I no. know, right. They already oh, shut yeah. down some of the, yeah. some of the Nintendo That's stuff, right? Uh, guys, let's end the show. It is a new month. It's the month of March. We continue on with our fantasy critic draft. Of course, the big tournament going on between us and the PSI love you. XOXO team forges on for the whole year, but we got to get a quick check-in here on month number three because we've put some points on the board guys and i want you to know that we we're just 10 points down we had a great turnaround especially because gary took one to the mouth after counterpicking pokemon rcs that one put us behind but guess what gary you had two great picks with horizon forbidden west oh yeah and paid off Gran turismo 7 so you're now sitting at oh did i have gt7 yeah, yeah, Gary, you had GT7. Yeah. Yeah, I it's funny because I've been looking at all these great reviews thinking, oh, wow, like, I should play the GT7 this weekend. It actually looks really good. <laughs> I forgot that I had it. Uh, going on to Mr. Paris Lily. Paris, you have 10 points right now. Just one game scored, but I believe Weird West is incoming shortly, yes. if, I, if I'm not wrong on that now, uh, date. I, I have one game on here because I'm pretty sure, um, and, and this goes to the, the reality of the, of the world right now with Ukraine and Russia, mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure I have Stalker 2. You do, it, yes. Which means, yeah. It's, We're going to have to prepare for that. We'll yeah. see what happens as that oh, unfolds. And I have, oh, and I have replaced. I'm going to have two games that are not going to come out this year. Yeah. Okay, so if both of those games get confirmed, I believe, Barrett, the rule is if they are confirmed, 
you are able to drop them and essentially replace them with your money, I believe is the rule, right, Barrett? Yeah, so right now, Soccer 2 is in delay and contention. There are very credible reports that this game has been delayed and therefore will not release uh, release this yeah. year. Uh, the game is still counted as a will-release game for drop purposes, but it cannot be counterpicked, just like a will-not-release game cannot be counterpicked. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... For games that get pushed, I think you get three drops. For any other game, you only get one drop. So you might need to wait a little bit before both of those get right. confirmed out of the year before dropping them. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, keep an eye out on uh, on that. Yeah, we so are going to need to have a conversation. Yeah, go, Gary. No, I was going to ask you. So how, just overall, how well am I doing right now? Because, again, I didn't even realize. I yeah, totally feel like I even got Grand Turismo 7. But what, what is the overall picture so right now, me, Gary, like, in the draft you're right at now? You are at 22 points. Ooh, you that took a big good. hit at the beginning of the year. You went negative 14. So you have bounced back yeah. to really help us. And you are in a similar boat as Paris here, where once we do get the confirmation on Paris's side, you and him will need to drop. You know, you have the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. We yeah. will need to drop those games and then start to right, look right, on right. what's next. Right. And that's why I kind of wanted to get us talking about that. Maybe once a month we bring it up. We talk with the uh community out there see their squad, picked, that, you know? and you know the contention is still in effect for suicide squad because that's just been reported by outlets that mm -hmm. has not been confirmed by them themselves right so right, that right. is a another one that maybe maybe wait to drop it until they confirm it so you get um a, a, a free delayed drop rather than man if, if, if i hadn't one. picked pokemon i'd be flying right now yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. And, so, uh, and honestly gary where i'm at right now maybe you shouldn't have lost as many points on mm -hmm, the pokemon mm -hmm. uh counter uh, you know i'm yeah. 15 hours into this game i'm like oh man this is a thin game i don't know how it oh really so that's what i want to talk about guys is because we're moving forward right and we're looking at games and i encourage you both and all of our best friends out there to let us know some good picks that we should look at because maybe you can pick up a good game for a dollar maybe more pokemon violet and scarlet have been announced boys pokemon mm -hmm. did semi good decent we'll call it in the 80s do we dare look to pick up pokemon scarlet and violets here before tomorrow with this pick are I you do, confident I... in that are you scared in that what do you think barrett Ooh. talk to us i am more confident in this game than i was in rcs i and that Correct. is purely because it seems like something that tim and i were kind of talking about after rcs came out was that man we wish this system of being in this kind of open world the way you catch uh, pokemon and rcs is like more of a you know, classic video game version of the Pokemon Go system of catching Pokemon. But we want that mixed into a more traditional, you know, you're going into gyms and all this stuff kind of Pokemon mm -hmm. game, which is not what you're doing in Legend Arceus, which is why I think after 15 hours, the game is definitely worn thin on me where I'm bored because it's like I'm not going off to get badges and stuff like that. I'm just kind of like aimlessly going around and just like collecting Pokemon and then any story stuff that happens, I kind of skip it because your character is not connected to that world in any way, shape or form. And I just don't care. Um, so I, I have more hope in this game because it does seem more of the classic Pokemon. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say, yeah. I'm probably going to betray my, my lack of knowledge about Pokemon, right? Everything I know about Pokemon. I just know from my, from my nine year old, she's, she, she would bring her on here. She's the real expert, <laughs> yeah. but like, I kind of feel like, these these main like is this mainline Pokemon right? There's no black, white, gold, silver. Yeah, this is moon, this is Generation Nine. You got like kind a of new starters now, and stuff like that. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but like this feels like a safer bet than Arceus was because aren't aren't these mainline like red, blue, whatever? Like they always tend to be hits, don't they? 
it, it is going to be a main line. We're talking three new starters, you know, new area with that open world feel. So I think this is going to be a special one. If we can pick it up on the cheap before them, I think this is one of those we look at because remember, it's not just us individually. It's us as a team, right? And so yeah. all three of our scores are going to be combined. So if one of us can get it for cheap or secure it, the other two get to save a little bit of money. We can look at the next big game, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that before I put a bid in or we put a bid in on whatever we feel like. Do we need to go with a dollar? Should we go higher with like a $10 bet just in case? What do you guys think? I just, want to, I just wanted to say, is this an interesting one from a draft perspective? Because whenever they do this, like Sun, Moon, Black, White, Gold, Silver, you know, Diamond, Pearl or whatever, and now Scarlet, Violet, aren't they essentially the same game just with different starters? But so Are we treating them as separate games? Like well, I could draft Scarlet and Paris could draft no, Violet? You, you're gonna no, draft they, you're going to draft both. Okay. They always count but you're taking them both title. as a pair? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so my worry about this, Gary, why I bring it up now is because we know that Janet has a good eye for Nintendo games. She has selected a number of Nintendo games. Blessing, of course, is going to be in the know with games daily. Greg is out to lunch. I'm not worried about him. But do we worry, uh, you know, should I put down $10 on it? Do you think that would be a safe bet? We hold the rest of the money for the team. Where does everybody fall on this idea? Give me a yay or nay. A, how about this? Paris, Lily, Gary, Whittle, I'm going to put $10 on this game. Paris, yay or nay on that move? Nay. Nay on 10 too much or name meaning don't even too, do it too much okay okay gary with it yay or nay I, i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yay i think it's a safe bet these mainline pokemon games they generally tend and this is the first one in a while and i think i'm right in saying the first mainline pokemon game that's gonna be native to switch because typically we've just seen these kind of rehashes uh of them I, I uh, kind of sword, feel like this. Sword, you're thinking uh, you're forgetting Sword and Shield. That was the first. Oh, sorry, Sword and Shield. Oh no, I was thinking of Let's Go Poke, Let's Go um, Eevee, which wasn't like, mm -hmm. which was like a weird, like wasn't really mainline. Um, I I know it kind of feels like a safe bet. I mean, weren't Sword and Shield really well received? Uh, right now, an open critic was is where uh, Fantasy Cricket League pulls from. Pokemon Sword and Shield is at an eighty, so you'd be getting ten points off of that. Ten points is tough. There you so go. It's a safe. It, I think it's a pretty bucks. safe bet. That's a lot. That's, that's right. not worth ten bucks, but it's also wondering of like how much blessing. I I imagine yeah, blessing and Janet are. Looking I have at this. to think they've put at least a dollar down minimum. Is right, you know. Maybe I, maybe I'm um maybe I'm just I'm just because I got burned on on Arceus. Because <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to bet. A, I'm, I'm afraid like only a fool I, bets against Pokemon. I would bet six dollars. I would bid six dollars. Okay. Yeah. See, I was thinking yeah. Like, Are you yeah. liking that? Like, around around that? like five six. Yeah. Because I, okay. I feel like they might have put down five each. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, with that, let's get these two out of here to go enjoy their weekend. Guys, what a fun show. I have a smile. My heart was racing. I want you all to know that was our first time ever getting breaking news in the middle yeah. of the podcast. So it was a whole lot to juggle. I hope for everybody watching and listening out there, you had a good time. You heard our takeaways. You heard the message. And I'm sure you've already read the blog post. So please share your excitement or your critiques of what you just read from Joe Staten and the team down in the comments down below. But we now know about season two coming May 3rd for Halo Infinite. We got to talk about, of course, Xbox Game Pass and Steam and maybe what could happen in the future. And of course, bringing out Fantasy Critic for a new month. Let us know as well if you got any cool game picks. But Paris Lily, Gary Witta, thanks for rocking with me for another awesome week. It's always great to hang with you guys. I got to get you out there to go enjoy dinner with your lovely, incredible family. So on behalf of these two and myself and Barrett, Everybody, go be good to one another. Have fun and play a bunch of video games. Peace, y'all.